0: The wind came from the southwest, blowing across the river, which made not only a humid blanket across the city, but also a foul smell from the sewage dump there. It was a hot day, much hotter than average. A thin, gaunt man struggled to push open his window, swelled in the frame from the humidity. He eventually forced it up and open. He had to make a decision to put up with the heat and humidity or the smell and eventually chose the smell. Uncomfortably he took off his coat and sat down at his roll top desk. Next to the desk was a bowl of peaches. He took one and bit in. He then took out his handkerchief and wiped his scraggly beard and overgrown mustache. He was going to do some serious work and didn't want any peach juice to foul his job. He looked down at a small red piece of paper. The red piece of paper was a postage stamp, torn carelessly from an envelope. The envelope had gripped the stamp's glue just enough to pull part of the back of the stamp off, leaving it clinging to the old envelope. It created a thin spot right in the center of the back of the stamp. The stamp belonged to a prosperous mine operator who was becoming more famous as a stamp collector than his other endeavors. The owner wanted the stamp, which was rather ugly in many people's opinions, to be, in his words, resuscitated. The thin man had restored many books and documents, but this was his first postage stamp. He prepared a mixture of paper pulp and glue the glue was made from the olum of a duck egg. The thin man mixed the egg and the pulp very carefully and applied it to the back of the stamp. Later, after it was dried, he would dye the patch red to make it blend in with the rest of the stamp. After he was done with the patch, he looked at it, looked at the window, grabbed his peach and took another bite. Live from a hot, humid apartment, this is the award-winning Stamp Show here today, episode number 295, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center and nonprofit 501 501c3 Corporation for the Advancement of Philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This week, we will be discussing repairs again. Uh, today, we are discussing thins and thin detection, but first, a shout-out to Lefty D., Lefty writes, I have conferred with the postmaster, and if not by design, but by actual occurrence, the semi-postal stamps were indeed the first forever stamps, and they are treated as such now. So if you still have some Scott B1 breast cancer stamps that you paid 40 cents for, they are actually forever stamps and will work as first ounce of first class mail forever. In addition, there are currently four different semi-postal stamps for sale on USPS.com. They are all priced at the current semi-postal rate of $0.65, cents, even though some had an initial lower price. And so that, that
1: that differs from the original, um, like a 30 in the $0.34 cent era, there are uh, stamps that just say first class. Um, those stamps are still just the face value, but the... Um, uh, but the semi-postals are now forever. So yeah. that uh, that makes a difference.
2: Does the post office actually pick up on the fact that the 34 centers in a marked first class are only 34 cent?
1: I doubt uh, that there's maybe uh, 5% of the people that work at the USPS actually
0: realize that. I'm, I've gotten, oh, I'm certain of that, yeah.
2: <laughs> I've gotten a number of letters with just the first-class stamp, even though it's 34 cents and not 55 cents. So I'm just curious. I guess the post office isn't aware either.
0: Uh, probably so. They,
2: they just treat it, the, the first-class insignia, as if it says forever.
0: Well, I have a funny feeling that people don't even look at it anyway. It just zips through the canceling machine, and if they see the phosphorescent tag, it goes on. So I don't even think a human being... Really looks at the stamp to go. Oh yeah, that's thirty-five cents, not fifty-five.
1: You might get some enterprising uh, letter carrier that is also a stamp collector that might uh, slap a postage due at the at the very last mile.
0: Yeah, that's my fear. <laughs> because you know, when I ship my eBay lots, I always want to make sure that the postage is paid correctly.
2: Well, the worst thing is, is when you get a package from somebody, and and uh, you want to give the stamps to some of the kids that you know to encourage collecting, and they've been canceled with a felt pen right at the right at or with a ballpoint pen just before they delivered the stamp delivered the package to you.
0: Oh, those are terrible! Yeah, we've all seen those happen. So, our expert topic today is uh, thins. So, Mark is the resident condition expert. What does a thin look like?
1: Well, a thin is created when um, part of the uh, stamp paper, uh, usually on the back, is pulled away from uh, from the rest of the stamp. And that often happens when you've got a uh, hinge or a stamp that's hinged to an album. And if it's in artfully removed from the album... Um, it could uh, it could pull away part of the paper fibers from the stamp and and cause a uh, and cause a thinned area um, This uh, uh, Happens uh, both in uh, in used stamps and mint stamps, but in mint stamps. It's uh, it, it's far more uh, visible because uh, You'll see a, a section of the gum that's missing.
2: So and To me it's a stamp a thin is a, is a crater in the is a crater or a loss of loss of paper Um, I see, um, some things, some things happen before the, uh, stamp was ever used. The stamp might've been, uh, adhering to another stamp inside the post office. You have, uh, um, you also have, uh, uh, fins that are caused by little surface scrapes. That's loss of paper from the front of the stamp. Right. Um, but the key thing is is that when you dip the stamp in in uh, what we use is ronsonol, which is uh, which is what most of the experts use to detect thin spots it it looks like a dark area because the paper is exactly that it's thinner than the rest of the paper. Um, the other key thing is that when you when it dries, if it's a more shallow thin it it the thin actually flashes white before uh, uh before it uh uh, completely evaporates.
0: Yeah that's an important thing. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that because dipping a stamp in and by the way, Ronsonol lighter fluid in the yellow bottle because the white bottle has sort of uh, detergents in it. and we don't know today what these detergents do to a stamp or to the gum so it's best just to avoid it uh, But Ronsonol in, in the yellow bottle. What if you put it in and you dip it, you can see a thin, but there's a second, that second thing you have to check and that's as it's drying. Why don't you go like in depth because you are an expert on this. What is that second step that can save a lot of people, a lot of money and time and hassle? Well, first of all,
2: you use a, it's preferable to use a a dark black um, tray of some sort glass if you can get it, plastic if you can't, Um, and then it usually, it usually when you examine a stamp, you might, you might dip the stamp more than once and then watch how the stamp dries. Most things that have not been, that have not been repaired in any way, shape, or form will show as a dark spot on the back of the stamp surrounded by the wider area of the paper that's not damaged. On, um, Many many stamps have very very shallow thin spots, and those thin spots you can only tell when the stamp is actually drying, and just before the fluid evaporates, it, it evaporates and leaves. It flashes. It leaves a there's a small white spot, and if you actually look at the paper with a magnifying glass, and probably at least eight power. Um, you can actually see the loss of paper fibers. And the key thing in all thin spots is if you look at a thin spot under a microscope, you can actually see the loss of paper fibers, the uh, disturbance of paper fibers. So um, that's, that's, the, that's really, the mo- at a microscopic level, that's the, that's the definition of a thin spot. Um, there are some stamps that are printed on early handmade paper like the 5 and 10 cent, U.S. issues of 1847, and they're done on they're done on hand-wove paper, and so the paper has a lot of uh, irregularities. So you have to look carefully, and sometimes you have to actually look at the at the stamp under a microscope to make sure that it's a paper irregularity. In other words, it has no disturbed paper fibers as opposed to a thin spot.
1: Another thin spot that's hard to detect is the uh, what we call the laminated thin, where the paper has pulled away from the back of the stamp, but uh, somehow stayed with the stamp. So it's sort of like a flap, so that when you dip the stamp, there's no dark spots. It doesn't appear as a thin, but as the stamp dries, you suddenly see a white area uh, that dries much more quickly than the surrounding stamp paper. And that's an indication that paper fibers have lifted from uh, fibers below, and that is uh, what we call laminated thin.
2: Now, now there are many things that people do to disguise thin spots. Uh, One of the most common and the one that's used a lot is just leaving a hinge remnant on there and uh, the reason that a hinge remnant works is that a thin spot is a loss of paper and we can tell because when we dip the stamp the area that's a little thinner looks dark but when you put a hinge remnant especially an old-fashioned paper hinge remnant on there it fills that area and so you can't see it. Um, many times I've many times um, at at stamp shows, I've purchased stamps and I've requested from the from the dealer I purchased it, purchased it from that that I'll only accept the stamp is um, with a clean certificate. And I, I also ask permission that I can soak the stamp so that I can make sure that the stamp is absolutely sound.
0: Yeah, I've seen that many, many times. As a matter of fact, uh, a lot of... Hinge thins are caused, obviously, by the hinge. So if you put another hinge on top of the hinge thin, it will fit in with where, you know, the prior hinge was, and it'll tend to hide the thin spot. So when you do that, you know, there's various ways to remove hinges, but you, you got to somehow see underneath the hinge, and there are a lot of ways to get that hinge off. You want to kind of avoid it
2: the um, well i buy i buy many used stamps so it's much easier for me to remove uh hinges by just throwing it into a glass of uh of uh of distilled water. The biggest problem is if you have a mint stamp there are many mint stamps uh many years ago I bought a stamp that had a had a clean certificate it was a four dollar colombian and uh, um and the hinge that was on it actually fell off and there was a big thin spot underneath no. i was i was pretty angry because the stamp had a recent certificate so i couldn't return the stamp and i couldn't i had to sell it as damaged so i lost significant money on that
1: yep. and thin spots come in different sizes too they can be very tiny like pinhead size um, and sometimes uh, you can uh, have a thin spot that hides in a watermark and uh, watermark stamps Uh, The watermark itself is a thin spot, uh, purposely uh, put in by production. Um, So if you've got a thin spot that's hiding inside of a watermark, uh, sometimes you'll miss it at first glance, but then uh, in later examination you might find it.
2: Well, I don't know if I'd call a watermark a a natural thin. What it is, it's it's initially a wire grid that's... uh, in a in a design like USPS single line or USPS double line, and it's then it, it's then pushed into the paper pulp before the paper is actually allowed to dry,
0: making the paper thinner. Thinner, but also <laughs> but also leaving a
2: design as a anti counterfeiting. Oh yeah, as a counterfeit anti counterfeiting mes- measure.
0: And for some reason, I always have that problem with the trans Mississippi issue, because for some reason their watermarks are so deep, so large, that they can indeed hide thins. And so I remember this one stamp, it had a really clear P, double line P watermark. And the P on the bottom had sort of like a little line on the bottom of it. And it turned out it was a rather large, thin, But you could only see a very small part of it, which misshapen the P. If that little misshapen spot wouldn't have been there, you probably would have totally missed it. So, uh, and again, you know, that's just, for me, that one. I know there's a lot of stamps that have heavier watermarks, but it just seems like the Trans-Mississippi one, it's stronger than a normal stamp.
2: Now, one of, the pro- one of the problems we have in stamps is, is how they're mounted. Um, some of the, the most, the, most uh, the newest stamp hinges right now are almost impossible to remove unless you soak the stamp. If you try to pull it off, a lot of times you pull the back of the stamp off. No, oh, yeah. Um, the other problem I see is with the acetate mounts. Is that especially those mounts that are that are uh, uh, that have have the opening in the middle. Um, I can't begin to tell you how many stamps that i've I've tried to take out of the album, and they're they're stuck to the mount. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they're stuck to the mount, half they the minimum it leaves is a big disturbed spot. So if you bought it as a if he bought it as an evergreen stamp, the best the stamp is is it's got a small disturbed gum spot. And a lot of times, what you have is it's stuck to the mount, and and it leaves a it leaves a nice hole in the stamp when you pull it off.
0: Yeah, you're talking about the C mounts, and we see that a lot. I mean, people spend a lot of money on these mounts. And then they buy mint never hinge stamps and then they stick it in there and then they lick the back of the mount and a little bit of spit goes into that crack and you have this nice, clean, straight line right across the gum. And when you submit it, I mean, you call it hinged, even though it's not, uh, but it's a mounting disturbance. And it is because you didn't do it correctly. If you follow the directions, you're supposed to put the mount in the album and then put the stamp in the mount after it dries. If you do it both at the same time, you really risk that, you know, getting the stamp that you spent this money on this mount. You may as well just lick the stamp and stuck it in the album.
1: Well, as false go, um, Thins are not as egregious as, as uh, those faults that appear on the face like a pulled perf um, because the thin spots in the back, um, you don't see it when you normally uh, display your album. So if you're a, uh, a shopper on a budget, um, you could probably get a nice, rare, uh, good-looking stamp that has a thin at a bargain price compared to what you would uh, normally have to pay. And yeah,
0: that's a good question, uh, the $99 question. How does a stamp have its price affected by having a thin?
1: Well, if it's a $99 stamp and it's got a uh, a, a mild thin spot, uh, you probably wouldn't start it uh, uh, trying to sell it for uh, any more than $50.
0: Yeah, kind of half price? At least, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: though you must admit that there are some stamps, like the Match of Medicine stamps in the United States, that have that the catalog value is for a stamp that, that has a nice appearance but has faults, including thin spots.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the matching medicines uh, were um, uh, were actually meant for uh, being destroyed when they were uh, removed from the packaging. That was the way you canceled the and ma- medicine stamp. Um, so the Scott catalog um, uh, identifies that, uh, that you should expect all matching medicine stamps to have faults, but the catalog value is based on a faulty stamp but still uh, looks presentable.
0: Are there any other stamps like that? I mean, duck stamps, you know, normal usage of a duck stamp, it gets folded in half and stuff like that, but people do not want folded in half duck stamps.
1: But the cancellation there is by signature, Yeah, and you don't always have to have the uh, stamp uh, uh, tied to a license. You can sign a mint stamp, and you would still fulfill the... uh, uh, the requirement.
0: Oh yeah. I've seen a lot of those where people try to sign it very, very small or sign it on the back or something like that so that they can preserve the value. You know, these are people who actually buy the stamp to hunt. They know they're going to have to show it to some park ranger, but they want to make sure that they have some sort of a value maintained. Another
1: stamp that um, that uh, is canceled by application would be the uh, motor vehicle uh, use stamp, where the gum is on the front of the stamp, and the idea is you paste it on the windshield from inside the car. And so removing a stamp like that... Um, uh, you know, once it's on the windshield, yeah. uh, you know you're you're more likely to damage it.
2: Yeah, on the motor vehicle stamps, the used copies, as you see, you know the ones that are that are decent, they normally they actually were applied, but only to a small portion. So you've got like the you've got like the top of the stamp and it's creased, but it's but the rest of the stamp still has the gum on it. So it was <laughs> actually it was actually applied, but the the collector kept it so that he could take it off barely.
0: Right. Well, that happens with wine stamps also. Uh, They would, wine stamps were never put on wine bottles. They were put on the boxes, the cases, the barrels. A lot of them were actually shellacked onto the barrel. And so, you know, the removal of them from a barrel is impossible. Uh, But I've seen a lot, because I collect wine stamps, seen a lot of those that are really cool used but again they have faults on them too.
2: I, aren't the beer stamps also used in a similar way put on beer barrels. Yes. And, and so they're
0: always
2: ma- terrible. Yeah, many of almost all of them that I saw ha- have been repaired in one way or another yep. just because just to keep it in one piece rather than yep. many pieces.
0: Yes, yeah, so they don't list cigar box labels. But cigar boxes labels were or excuse me, stamps were put on the so the wooden cigar boxes. And they almost always were put on via shellacking or something like that. They didn't just lick the back and stick it on. They licked the back, stuck it on, and then put a label on top of it, you know, for the name of the cigar and stuff like that. So they come in very, very bad condition also. I think all the revenue stamps, all we're talking about is revenue stamps. Um, Accounting paper. Which is what it's called. Accounting paper has always been treated poorly.
2: Well, playing card, playing card revenue stamps. A number of them were used to actually seal the flap of the of the deck. Oh yeah. And so when you, 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 you get them, there, a lot of them are torn, and a lot of them are a lot of them definitely have
0: that fold. Yep, a lot of creases in those.
2: Now, things happen a lot when you're a kid and you don't know how to properly handle stamps, or you're an adult and you. You don't know what they are. A lot of stamps get thin because people literally peel the stamps right off the cover, and they and some part of the stamp gets left behind, and so you have when it's dipped, it's thinned.
0: Yeah, take for example the one cent magenta stamp. Uh, the British Guiana. The British Guiana. It was not soaked off the envelope. It was pulled off the envelope, and it has a number of tears and number of repairs.
2: Well, but one thing that we found out during the research for the uh, revision of the Hawaii uh, Meyer and Harris book um, was that the original postmaster in Hawaii, uh, Mr. Whitney, actually pulled the missionary, early missionary stamps off the cover because he was just using it as an accounting basis. And so that's why there's a number of covers and pieces that just have the small piece of the missionary on there. The uh, San Francisco Post Office had the agreement that if it had the Honolulu U.S. postage paid hand stamp, that the, uh, that the letter was entirely postage paid. So um, that's why a number of those missionary covers are are heavily damaged, including the stripper three that's in the uh, National Postage Postal Museum.
0: Hold on, hold on. So- the sta- the missionary stamps were used and then pulled off the envelope
2: right because he was just using it to in- he was just using it as a um to indicate prepayment a of honolulu of hawaii postage and then uh, all he had to do was just stamp the stamp the envelope um honolulu us postage paid and so uh, we found that out from research that was done for the book oh. so that's why there's a number of co- covers that uh um, I own the earliest known cover in eighteen uh, December eighteen fifty cover and it has a small fragment of a number three on it that explains why it why it exists
0: oh that 's interesting, so you can find early Hawaii covers with the stamp removed right and that 's proper usage yes huh
2: normally normally when it normally um, now the Honolulu postmaster was also not Later supplied with or later purchased US stamps to put over Hawaii stamps and that was simply because sometimes when it got to San Francisco whoever got the mail didn't know the didn't know the convention.
0: Yeah I've seen those yeah. Well I saw
1: a lot of mint stamps and um, one thing that be, can confuse uh, someone into thinking it's a thin is if you have a gum skip. Uh, gum skip is an area of the back of the stamp where the gum is missing, but it's not missing because the gum was pulled away. It was missing because there was a bubble or uh, didn't get um, uh, applied evenly, and so it leaves a, a bare spot um, that's that's ungummed and that's not actually a thin. It, it is a fault, uh, although a much min- uh, more minor fault. Um, you'll see a lot of gum skips at the uh, stamps that are, are at the edges of the sheets. Um, because the gum was sort of slathered on. Um, and uh, if you missed the uh, edge of the stamp, um, you'll, see, uh, you'll see a, a band of, uh, of, uh, of space that uh, is empty of gum.
0: So, yeah, it would, the stamp is thinner because there's no gum in that spot. Right. Does and it show, still show up as a dark line? Uh, it doesn't really show up when you dip the
1: stamp. Um, but, it should, but it But it. But it's. It's plainly obvious in. in, in just by uh, observation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The paper look, The paper looks undisturbed, but it's just an area with no gum. It is. It is a production fault. It's the fault of the. Of the. Uh, of the uh, printers, but
0: uh, it's very. It's considered a very minor thing. Yeah. It's a. It's a fault, but a very minor fault.
1: Yeah. It's usually not mentioned on certificates. Um, unless it's really like a a, a big space.
0: Well, what I've seen is, um, particularly with uh, plate blocks, is the selvage will not have gum on it, and the gum will start somewhere around the stamps. Well, if the gum starts into the selvage, obviously the stamps are fully gummed. But sometimes that line goes into the stamps, and it'll be called short gumming. And so the top of the stamp next to the margin... That stamp will not have gum up there, and it's perfectly normal, perfectly fine. It's a production fault, which you know it, it, it's if for those who go for grading and want the perfect stamp. It's enough to keep it from being a perfect stamp, but it's a totally normal occurrence.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't really affect the value that much, um, but um, but yeah, other than the search for perfection. Well, anything else? Well, St. Louis stamp show starts on Friday.
0: Oh, yes. I have
1: my bags packed. I have my Biden stimulus money in my pocket. <laughs> you already got my, it. And my wife's Biden stimulus <laughs> money in my pocket. So I'm ready to go.
2: Um, does Diane know that you, you're spending her share too? Absolutely not. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the be- I guess that's the best thing about it. <laughs>
0: well, thank you very much. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, Owen oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go if this still comes was found dead in his bed tomorrow i'd be in heaven still doing this show
1: see you some other time
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's
0: thank you for joining us this has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Don. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com. Podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This
1: episode of Stampshare here today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurfs, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today.
0: Worst episode ever. Oh, not even close.